The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. So thank you for being here this morning, and um, let's pray before we get started. Father, we do come before you now and ask that you would strengthen us and that you would instruct us. Give us wisdom, Lord, as we study your word. Help us, and uh, Father, we, we, we don't know where to go. We don't know how to, how to do things uh, unless you guide us. So we, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which guides us, and we ask that you would uh, just be with us throughout this day and this coming week and, yea, even this coming year. Just bless us and help us to, to do those things that uh, you expect of us. Thank you for all these things now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thus far, we've, we've looked at three benefits afforded the believer by virtue of the doctrines uh, of, the whole, of God. We, we said, number one, good doctrine matures the believer and uh, helps us to grow to grow healthy, to, to grow strong, and, and to be the, the, the child that God wants us to be. All of us with children, we have, we have hopes and we have aspirations for our children, uh, and we do all that we can as parents to, to guide them as they grow, to fulfill the, 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 the best that they can for the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's the same, and he gives us good doctrine to grow us, to mature us, and to help us. Uh, we said, secondly, good doctrine ministers to the believer. Uh, again, just as a parent cares for their children. Uh, when my children were scared, I tried to, I tried to comfort them. When they were, when they were hurt, uh, I provided them with love and, 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 and took care of them. And, and good doctrine does the same thing. God gives us instruction so that when we are afraid, when we are weary, when we are persecuted, we have strength because God's doctrine ministers to us. And then uh, last time we met, we said that good doctrine magnifies God in the life of the believer. And our teaching will indeed cause us to live lives that glorify God. Now, Conversely, if we have poor doctrine, if we're following corrupt doctrine, then we will live our lives according to our own desires, according to our own flesh, and we will not glorify God. God will not be magnified in our hearts and minds. But with good doctrine, with the right teaching, we learn to, we learn to live our lives in such a manner, uh, and we are only enabled to do so, by the way, by the grace of God. Because were it not for God's grace, none of us could do anything pleasing to God. But by his grace and through good doctrine, we, we, God is magnified in our lives. Now this morning I want to continue with another of the benefits uh, in, to the believer. And that is number four this morning. Good doctrine equips the believer. 2 Timothy chapter 3, when you... When you get a moment, let's turn there, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We read here, beginning in verse 13, from 2 Timothy chapter 3. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse 
and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, let me pause there for a moment. Is that not, does that statement not epitomize America today? Hmm? Waxing worse and worse. I have people sometimes tell me, oh, things are getting better. Really? Not according to, not from what I can see, things aren't getting better. Matter of fact, one of the ladies I work with and I were talking the other morning uh, about how this young generation today have, have lost the values and the morals of our nation when I was a boy. And it's measurable. The difference is measurable. Those of you in this room right now over the age of 50, you know what I'm talking about. The morals of this country have decayed drastically. And it's, getting, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. But let's, let's continue. That's not my message. I don't want to go there. But verse 14, but continue thou. So, so Paul is telling Timothy, evil men are going to wax worse and worse and worse. But you, Timothy, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, let me ask you a question here. Who did, who did Timothy learn these things from? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Who's our teacher? Who's our instructor? I'm not your teacher. I'm, I'm, simply, I'm simply an oracle this morning to teach the Word of God. We learn the things. Listen, the things you come to church, when you come sit in this class and you learn something, don't thank me. Thank God. Because it was His Holy Spirit that revealed it unto you. And it is His Holy Spirit that guides and leads us where? Into all truth. Okay? Uh, and then it's gone. And, and that thou from a child, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for, look at that next word, for doctrine. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, Truly furnished unto all good works. Now, we often read that last verse and equate that to pastors, but that equates to you and me as well as it does to a pastor. The word of God is given to us and the Holy Spirit instructs us so that we, you and I, as well as the pastor, may be truly furnished or fully equipped to do good works. It'd be, it'd be sad if the only person that was equipped unto good works was the pastor. Because that means the rest of us would just be a bunch of heathens. And that's not the case. We're all God's children. Now the pastor is, he's the leader of the flock, most definitely. And I'm sure he's got, in many ways, he's got more wisdom than we do. However, the inspiration of the scripture is given to all of us, not just the pastors, that all of us may be equipped to live lives that glorify and honor the Father. So that's what we're talking about today. Good doctrine equips it. Why, why are we here, by the way? Why are we here? Well, some people would say, well, I'm here to worship God and praise the Lord. But you don't have to come to church to worship God, do you? Uh, why are we here? Well, you know, some will say, well, it's my duty. Uh, I have a duty to be in church. I have a duty to be here. And, and that's true. And, and I applaud you for that. And if the only reason you come is a sense of duty, stick with your duty and keep coming. And the rest of it will cling to you as time goes on. 
But why are we here today? We're here to be instructed, aren't we? We're here to be instructed in truth. We're here to be inspired by God. We're here to be encouraged. We're here to be exalted and, and edified. So we're here today so that we can be prepared to live our lives. We're here for instruction. And good doctrine, the instruction we receive, if it's good teaching, equips us to live our lives to God's glory. Uh, how many of you go camping? Any of you go camping? You ever went camping and forgot something? Huh? You ever, you ever do that? It's, it's inevitable, isn't it? You go camping, you're going to forget something. You're not going to have everything you need. So I got tired of that when, when we'd go to the Pioneer Club camp out. I, I, I got tired of having to get in my car and drive, find a store to buy the things I forgot to bring. So what I did one year is I made a list. I made a list. In the first year, I couldn't find the list. But I did. I made a, I made a camping equipment list. And, and I, every, every time we go camping, I check it off. Check it off. And I didn't check it off until I put it inside, either in the car or in the box that was going with me in the car. Uh, so we, 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 we do that. We, we get everything we need so that we can have a happy camping trip. Now, just as with camping, there are some necessary equipment we need to succeed in the Christian life. Now, I don't have time to give you a, an exhaustive list and and this series would go on forever if I tried to. But I'm going I'm to talk about two things today. Two things that good doctrine gives us in the way of equipment that helps us to live our lives to the glory and honor of the Father. And these, these, are, these are two that underneath these two, there would be many other things. But let's, let's look at these two for a moment. Okay, letter A. We are, good doctrine equips us, we are equipped intellectually we are equipped intellectually in Psalm 19 in verse 7 the psalmist writes the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple all men are born with the same level of intellect. And that is zero. We're all born with no intellect at all. The only thing we have when we're born are the involuntary body functions that take place without any help from us. Things such as breathing and uh, the reason they wear diapers, right? Right? I mean, we have to be taught everything, don't we? Children have to be, they have to be taught how to eat. Now, they have an appetite, but you've got to teach them how to eat. Um, you even got to teach them how to, how to relieve themselves, because that's why we put diapers on. They don't, even, they don't even have enough intellect to know how to perform these functions without soiling themselves. So we're all born with the same intellect. I'm not saying we're not born with, without intelligence. Okay, there's a difference, by the way, between intellect and intelligence. But we're all born with, with basic intelligence, but we're all born with no intellect. We don't know anything. 
we, we, we learn to, we recognize the voice of our mother. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, people didn't believe what they believe now. But now doctors teach to talk to your child while, while the child is in the mother's womb. To speak to it and talk to it because it can hear you. And uh, that's a, if, if that's true, then that's a thought-provoking issue in itself. Um, let's, let's be careful what we talk to our children about even before they're born. But anyway, uh, they're born, they recognize their parents' voice, right? And, and they, uh, they, they, under, they, they recognize their mother's heartbeat. I've been told that, that. A lot of times they say that's why a newborn child is laid on the, on the heart, over the heart of the mother because they can hear the heartbeat and they recognize that heartbeat. And it gives them comfort and gives them peace. So we're all born with the same intellect. Intelligence is gained by the gathering and assimilation of knowledge. Um, This is why we as parents are so careful in choosing the school, for instance, where we place our children. Um, We want them to have the best opportunities developed intellectually. So we, we, we're very cautious as parents with things that we allow our children to do, such as what TV shows we let them watch and, and, and what video games we allow them to play and how we allow them to, to, to spend their time, who we allow them to associate with, right? All these things we do as parents. And why do we do these? Because we want our children to, to be equipped intellectually, to, to develop intellectually, uh, to the best possible person that they can be. And that's God's desire for you and I as well. He wants us to develop intellectually. He wants us to grow intellectually with wisdom. Therefore, God himself has laid out our curriculum. He has given us the information that we need to assimilate, that we need to learn. Um, however, uh, we, don't, we don't just supply this as parents, by the way, though, to only our children. It's important that you, as, as moms and dads, you as, as grandfathers and grandmothers, and you as aunts and uncles and, and all these other things, even as you as brothers and sisters, it's important to apply these same, these same caution, precautions and these, these same uh, uh, expectations to yourself. Because you too also need... To grow intellectually. Most of us here this morning were saved as adults. How many of you were saved after you were an adult? Raise your hand. Just want to see. Yeah, most of us were saved as adults. Um, and if we're not careful, as, as adults, we will begin to form our principles from our experiences and growing up. And those experiences may not have always been scripturally correct, right? For instance, I grew up as a Roman Catholic. Now, once I got saved, I certainly couldn't view God's word from the perspective of a Roman Catholic because that doctrine I was taught as a Roman Catholic was was corrupt doctrine. It was incorrect. Therefore, if I apply corrupt doctrine to the word of God, I'm going to come to the wrong conclusions. So I have to be careful. And we all, as adults, must be very careful. This is why it is so important that we do not neglect, neglect disciplined study of God's word. And not just the study that we get when we come to church on Sundays. 
Um, we need to dig into God's word daily, every day. Uh, it's important, especially as a young person, as you teenagers in the room. It's so important that you learn now, as a teenager, to develop a time of consistent study of the word of God. I'm not talking about reading. Reading is important, and we should read God's word every day. But I'm talking about detailed study of God's word. I mean, getting out a dictionary, taking out a, 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 a commentary, and sitting down and studying and digging into each verse of scripture and find out what is God trying to tell me here. So it's important that we, we not neglect that. Paul told Timothy that. Timothy was a young man, but Paul told him in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I realize, I realize we're all busy people. And, and I believe, personally, I believe one of the devil's ways of keeping God's people down is by the way in which the work world has developed. Uh, we're, 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 we're put under the task of working all these hours and, and all this time. And work, the work week has gone to six days a week and in some professions, seven days a week. Uh, the complications of, of home life. You come home from work and, and you've, got, you've got to fix a leaky faucet or something's going on at home and you've got to take care of that. Then you've got, you've got uh, you, women now or in the workforce because of the greed of men has created situations where women have to work. Uh, I don't know many families that can survive on one income. And if you are one of those families, thank God because you are fortunate. But my wife, for instance, has been in the workforce for 25 years. And we would not be able to pay our bills if she didn't. And, and this creates stress on the home. Uh, it, it makes you come home from work, you've got to start preparing meals. And, and you've got to try to get the children bathed. And you've got to make sure they're doing their homework. And, and then you've got to clean the house. And, and, and then you, you find yourself needing to get to bed because you've got to get up and go to work the next morning. And, and all of a sudden, in many of our busy lives, what gets neglected? Unfortunately this right here and it's not because we're lazy people it's not because we're bad people it's not because we're evil people we simply get absorbed by what's happening around us and we suddenly find ourselves having to neglect time in the word of God and 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 it's a it's a perplexing problem and let me tell you it's not going to get better it's only going to get worse as a grandparent, I think I'm more busy now with family matters than I, were, than I was when, when I wasn't a grandparent. You know, someone years ago gave, told me a lie. They said, children grow up and leave home. Uh, that's a, I'm telling you, that's a lie. They don't leave home, they bring more there. So you end up with extra people hanging around your house all the time. And uh, so anyway... Study to show thyself approved unto God. It has to be done. We have to find time. We have to find ways to, to do this. And, uh, well, but, but study what? Well, study scripture, of course. 
It's, it's getting into God's word because, remember, this is where all truth and knowledge is found. It's all found in the word of God. So we study the Bible. Now, if you quiz the average person today, you'll find that they know the lyrics to their favorite songs, that they know the dialogue from their favorite movies. Uh, I hear them at work all the time talking about, oh, I went and saw this movie this week, and oh, man, it was... And and they're always singing songs, right? They know the lyrics, the words to all those songs. Some people think they know the words to the songs. It's kind of annoying when you're listening to them sing and you know they're singing the wrong words, but they're, 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 they're fervent about it, so I just shut up and smile. But people find time. My point is, people find time uh, to do the things they want to do. And so one of the things we have to find time to do is, is to spend time in the Bible. Uh, however, many profess to be saved today that are ignorant completely ignorant of scriptural truth. Now, if and when we apply good doctrine, we develop understanding. And that's why study is important. Uh, The more you you study something, the more you, you apply yourself to it, you develop a greater understanding for. And now here's the thing. Um, for you parents and, and grandparents, and, but especially for you teenagers, you're not going to understand the things of God unless you, you, unless you study and apply them. Uh, I was a youth pastor. I was a youth director for a lot of years. And I used to see a lot of parents just perplexed because their, teenage, their children would grow up, become teenagers, and fall away. And, and, and they'd lose them to the world and, and to other things. And the reason is because, listen to me carefully now, the reason is because they didn't understand the value of it. You know, the Bible says there arose a generation that knew not God. And as parents, if we don't, if we don't take the time to help our children understand why we do the things we do, they're going to grow up without understanding and it's not going to be important to them. Uh, I've seen many parents use the philosophy, well, you go to church because I say we go to church. Okay, well, that'll work as long as they're young enough to, to where you can control them. But when they reach the point you can't control them, that kind of logic is not going to keep them in church. You understand? So we need them to understand why church is important. And, and we do that by, at home, opening the Bible and studying Scripture and helping them to see how important our lives are when we live them for God and not for material things, not for pleasure. But it's important that we help them understand that. So when we apply good doctrine, we develop an understanding. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul says, that If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Good doctrine will equip us with intelligence. Uh, what about Peter? He had something to say about this also. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, Peter said, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Uh, be ready, Peter said. 
Readiness assumes preparation. Uh, preparation requires study. And study develops the intellect. However, just because one is smart does not mean that one is wise. I knew, I, I, when I was in the Air Force, I had a, a civilian, and he was the finance officer uh, on our base, and I worked under him. And he was, this man literally was a genius. I mean, he was one of the smartest men I ever knew. But he lacked complete common sense. Totally lacked common sense. If you asked him to go out and open the hood of his car, he, he couldn't do it. He, he had no idea how to open the hood of his car. So, just because one is smart, doesn't mean he's wise. And you see, we're, we have a lot of people around the country following a bunch of smart guys. Okay, I'm not saying Joel Olstein is dumb. I'm sure he's probably smarter than, than me. But he's not very wise when it comes to spiritual things, is he? Why? Because he has, he has corrupt doctrine. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about here. Just because someone is smart doesn't mean that he's wise. The wisdom that we're speaking about right now, the, 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 the equip, being equipped intellectually, what we're talking about this morning, it confounds the world. The world can't understand it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh... Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, have God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. So, the kind of wisdom I'm talking about right now, the kind of intellectual uh, and the intelligence I'm speaking about now does not come from the world it, it, and the world cannot understand it and, and, and they can't understand it because they reject the source of this wisdom. The source of this wisdom is of course uh, the Holy Spirit. James in chapter 3 writes, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. And, and he goes on uh, in, the, in, the, in the, that passage, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. So the, the wisdom the world possesses, one that causes strife and envy and all these other things, this is not an, a wisdom that descends from the Father, but it is a wisdom that is developed from the heart, the wicked heart and flesh of men. Uh, in fact, God states that the man that denies him is in fact a fool. In Psalm 53, verse 1, the psalmist writes, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. So, those that reject God lack spiritual wisdom. They lack, they lack the, the intellect that it takes to glorify the Father because they're fools. And I'm not calling them a fool. God calls them. Now, we're not foolish men, are we? 
those of us in this room today who, who believe and trust and follow the Lord, we're not fools. So, so our, our reasoning needs to come not from worldly influence, but from godly influence, from spiritual influence. And it's found in our doctrine. And if we sit and if we submit ourselves and our children to corrupt doctrine, we will reap the, the benefits of corrupt doctrine, which is a lack of intelligence concerning spiritual things. I'm amazed at how many people who claim to be God have so little understanding of God's word. And it comes from corrupt doctrine. So good doctrine is important. What we submit ourselves to in the way of teaching is important. Uh, just, as a, just as a mom or dad, you, you, you scrutinize the school you're going to send your child to. So we need to scrutinize what comes forth from the pulpit of what we call our church. And if a, if a church from the pulpit teaches corrupt doctrine, we need to get out of that church. Plain and simple. Tolerance to it. I had, I had a, a, a couple one time visited our church and I followed up and visited them in their home and he said, well, uh, we're just, we're not comfortable there. The music is, is a little too old-fashioned for us and, and uh, the people are just a little too, too staid for us. And I told him, I said, you know, you don't pick a church like you pick a pair of shoes. You know, when you go buy a pair of shoes, you want to buy something that's comfortable. Right? You pick a pair of shoes that's comfortable for your feet. But you don't find a church where you're comfortable. You need to find a church where the truth is taught. You need to have a church where good doctrine is preached regularly. So we, 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 we need to put some, some thought into our, our, our church attendance. And we need to make sure that we are in a church with good doctrine. Well then, secondly and quickly today... Letter B, we are equipped emotionally. Not only are we equipped intellectually, but secondly, we are equipped emotionally. In Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah writes, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. At the core of all that we believe and do is our doctrine. Our doctrine ultimately dictates our actions. Isaiah stated, but they that wait upon the Lord. Now, this, of course, is talking about our faith. Our faith, which, which we glean from our doctrine. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall, they shall be weary, but not faint. This, of course, uh, is our faith. And this faith, uh, the faith to trust and depend upon God, is rooted in our doctrine. Hence, we see from this passage of Scripture... <clears throat> That our faith, waiting upon the Lord, results in our strength. In all things, we do not become weary or faint. Why? Well, because those that wait upon God gain strength. And we wait upon God because we have exercised faith in Him. 
And we have learned to exercise this faith through the admonitions of our teaching. And our teaching (laughs) is our doctrine. Therefore, we are equipped to serve God through good doctrine. This is what separated the early church martyrs from those who compromised and forsook the Lord. The doctrine of the martyrs was such that they had strength to stand for God, while the others around them uh, who, who had corrupt doctrine failed. Many times in, in my life as a believer, I've been tempted to quit. Now, if you, if you can honestly sit here this morning and say, I've never been tempted to quit, uh, <laughs> you're very fortunate. And I wish, I, I wish you would tell me the secret, because I'd like to have that too. I've had times. In 35 years of ministry, I've had times when I've questioned whether or not I ought to be doing this, and whether I should, whether I should just quit and give it up. But it's my, t- it's my doctrine. You hear me? It's the things I've been taught, which are the word of God that I draw upon for strength. Things such as, uh, be not afraid. I will never leave you or forsake you. I think about things in, in, in the Bible that men like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, men like Daniel, men, men like David, who, who stood against immeasurable odds and yet, through their faith in God, endured. So we, we're given strength. We stand. Now, I have to hurry here, so I'm going to skip over a few things. <laughs> we, we stand because of our doctrine. We have, we have emotional strength. We're equipped emotionally to, to endure affliction, to endure temptation, to endure persecution. Now, how do we get this? <laughs> how do we gain these things? Let me give you these three thoughts and we'll be done. First, uh, well, first let's turn to Joshua uh, chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, and I'm going to refer us to verse 7. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. So first, we must do what is written. How do we, how do we get the, the, the strength? How are we equipped emotionally to handle? Well, we're equipped emotionally, first of all, because we do what is written. He said, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according <laughs> to all the law. So we don't pick and choose, we just do it. Nike, Nike has a, a, a logo that says, just do it. Well, as Christians, that's what we do. God's word says it, we do it. In James chapter 1 and verse 22, James says, but be doers of the word and not doers only. So we find courage and we're equipped emotionally to live for God when we just obey the Lord. <coughs> just do it. Don't, don't, don't overthink it. Don't think God. Thou shalt not. Okay, then I won't. And just do what the word of God tells us to do. Secondly, we must do according to what was written. We must do according to what was written. What do men do when they don't like what the Word of God says? They rewrite it, don't they? Oh, well, I'm going to clarify this. And they rewrite the Word of God. We just need to do 
what was written. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. We don't paraphrase it and take away God's intention. We just do according to what was written. Then thirdly, we must do according to all that was written. We must do according to all that was written. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. We cannot second guess God. Unless we commit our hearts and our minds to the principles of God's word as they are written, we will succumb to fear and fail. Yes, we are equipped emotionally to live with courage and confidence. We are equipped to live for the Lord by our teaching. And consequently, if our teaching is corrupt, our equipment will be corrupt. Now, our warfare, our weapon is what? The word of God. In essence, our weapon is the doctrine that we have. So if we go to, if we go to war with corrupt weaponry, are we going to survive? How many of you think you can go to, you can go to war with, with arrows in an army that has tanks? Hmm? We, have, we have a superior armament. We have superior weaponry. So let's go to war with God's weaponry. Let's go to war against evil with the weapon that God has given us. And let's make sure that our doctrine is according to this word. We must do what is written. Thus saith the Lord. All right, man. folks, I've got to stop. Uh, let's go ahead and dismiss. And thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.